Dr. Meister uh, is the orthopedist for the Texas Rangers. He'll be traveling to spring training uh, later this week, and so they're going to meet there, and hopefully everything's good and he's made the progress necessary. You know, just commenting on that, I, I really want to thank Dr. Meister. You know, he called me when he made that decision. That's a tough decision to make. Um, but I really appreciate the courage uh, and the conviction to make that decision. It's all about the best outcome. Is it ideal? No, you want, you know, for a, a variety of reasons, time being number one. You want every waking minute that you have. But ultimately, he's 22 years old. We want the best outcome. And that's what Dr. Meister made a really tough decision. And we're very appreciative. And he's done thousands of these surgeries. And he just, you know, when you have all the swelling out, when you have all the stiffness out, is when he's, he's had the best success with the outcomes. And so we're very thankful. And we're hopeful that uh, when they meet down in Arizona this week, um, you know, they can move forward. And, and then it would be early next week as to when they would go in there and have the surgery. Is it possible that some healing has already begun? Or is that something that they just can't yeah. do now? Um, absolutely. And, and, you know, I. You know, the, a lot of people talk about the ambiguity because you hear, well, you never know until you get in there. I get told that every time one of our players has a surgery. And I think that's uh, surgeons just covering their basis. They never know. MRIs tell a, a whole lot of the picture, but you really truly don't know um, and, until you get in there and see exactly what's going on. So, you know, we're doing lots of praying and, and uh, you know, pulling for Brock and uh, he's a tireless worker. And so he's doing everything that he can. And hopefully um, we get some clarity moving forward here. That six month time frame, is that like when he can start throwing again or is he going to be ready to go? There's a variety of different uh, time frames and, and um, you know, Dr. Meister had a great line that I, I can't share with you, but it was very clever, just about, you know, he doesn't have a crystal ball. And uh, every player's different, every person's different. So timelines uh, are just that, they're guidelines, but, you know, we'll see. Um, and it's, you know, pr the, the, the reality is the majority of these are done on baseball players. This is not a baseball injury, even the, the way in which it happened. It was a, you know, Brock's going to throw on a 250 pound man with an opposing force. It's a, it's a different injury. And so the outcomes are different and uh, we'll see where it goes. John, you, uh, as an organization, have proven to be more proactive than yeah well you know ironically you know we made that decision last year and I, I felt like uh, felt really good going into training camp that we were kind of insulated in the event that anything happened and and um, you know unfortunately it wasn't it wasn't quite enough it got us right at the end and so I think we're all product of our experiences. Um, we've learned, um, you know, was in some meetings today where the league's discussing potential solutions for, you know, third quarterbacks such that we never have that kind of, but the reality is it's, it's very few and far between where those instances happen. Um, so, you know, we'll see. And yeah, you, we, we may have to look into the quarterback market in addition to Brock and Trey to insulate ourselves from, from whatever may happen. Well, we'll see, but you know, you got, you always got to, um, you know, we'll do our due diligence like we always do. John, what about Jimmy Hill and Grant Carlson? What was it that made made you feel like he's ready to do um, you know, Rand's had a tremendous amount of experience in a variety of roles. And, uh, you know, I felt very blessed when we were able to land Rand years ago and uh, did a tremendous job in our pro department. And then we, um, 
you know, we wanted him involved in more than just the pro department because he was worthy of that. And we felt like that would make us better. And so Rand got out there, involved in our college process. Um, you know, I think Rand's greatest quality, he's a tremendous uh, uh, people person. He really gets to know people in a really authentic way. And so, you know, and I can't tell you how many times, hey, Rand, I need you to go find this out, you know, and, and he was just, he'd always deliver. And because people connect with Ran, um, you know, when the Titans called, you're always, um, you're always kind of uh, mixed feelings because you don't want to lose someone like that. But he's also earned the opportunity and, uh, you know, so excited for Ran and the opportunity. I was with Raves today talking about how much he's enjoying uh, working with Ran. He's going to do great things for the Titans, and I'm, I'm really proud and excited for him. Well, I think I think first of all, it starts. You got to be a good pairing to start with. You got to have similar values. That doesn't mean that you agree on every each and every issue, but you better have a similar outlook on how you view the game, how you build uh, team building, how you view culture, and that's something Kyle and I recognized in an early time. Um, uh, early in our process, and, and I think something we rely on all the time. We still spend a lot of time together. Um, so I think those things are critical. And, uh, you know, I you know I, I counsel Rand, just spend as much time as you can with Braves. And, and um, you know, uh, if you do that, I, I, I know both of those guys enough that I really believe that they'll have success in building the same type of uh, – collaborative deal because the more minds you have working on a task and uh, you know we have so much to do that the more people you can include and have on the same page that's a, that's a good thing for everyone. Yeah so you know I, I first met D'Amico uh, when he was a player and I was a broadcaster, and uh, you tend to ask for the best players in production meetings and, and captains and things like that. D'Amico was always one of those guys, and, and you know, the, the thing you first recognize when you're around D'Amico Ryan is just presence. He's got, he's got something about him. When he walks in a room, he kind of commands that room and uh, does it in a very quiet way. Uh, you know, maybe when he was playing, that was a little different. The emotion and all that would come, but he's very uh, calm, calculated. He's very smart. He, the, the players love him. Uh, they'll go to all ends to try to make him happy because they know what he's teaching them is going to lead to success. So D'Amico is going to do a fantastic job as well. Um, tough guy to replace. We're very pleased with uh, Steve Wilkes coming in. And uh, Steve is very similar. Steve's, Steve's got presence, and we recognize that right away. He's got a willingness. We were just the number one defense in football. So we don't want to make wholesale changes. So we needed somebody who had a similar vision on how you play the game. Um, as such, Kyle and myself, we included our defensive coaches in the interview process. And, and uh, you know, I, I think they felt the same way Kyle and I did, that, um, you know, this, this was the right guy. Big shoes to fill from D'Amico. But we were really excited about where we're going with Steve and, and uh, can't say enough about both those guys. Quick to follow, Nick Cray, what was, what, what was his role just to understand and what he might be? Uh, Cray was the chief of staff. He just he just got stuff done. You know that's what Cray did, and uh, he he came in as Kyle's you know assistant, and uh, then moved on to a chief of staff role. Everyone knows him as the boombox guy. 
we're taking applications for that and um, you know we've we've got some in-house candidates in, in mind but um, you know seriously Nick was a really valuable member of our team we're happy for him and his opportunity with the Texans oh, sorry. Uh, we got, you know, we've got three different hires of guys that come from like playing under defense and the front. So, from your mind, and your meeting with Kyle Shanahan, what is it about that kind of philosophy that really resonates with them and the philosophy that you guys want to keep in the building? Resonates with? With you and Kyle in terms oh. of making hires. You know, what guys yeah, I mean, I think a lot of our, you know, Kyle and I, I think a lot of our foundation, um, me obviously as a player, drafted in 93, but Tony Dungy, Monty Kiffin and that group came in in uh, – you know, in, in 96, um, you know, Kyle later, that was his first NFL job working for John Gruden. But when he would get his offensive job done, he'd go over there and sit in there with the defense. And so, you know, like I said earlier, we're all product of our experiences. And we saw some of the best coaches I've ever been around teaching it in a really good way. So what we do is not exactly the same, but that is the foundation of our belief system. Um, it's what we like to do. And it starts up front, you know, so, um, I think it's just something that we believe in. It's been good to us, and we want to continue that. We want to improve upon it, and we believe Steve can do that. And, uh, you know, he was the best guy for the job after coming out of a, you know, it's, it's tough to rebound from losing a guy like D'Amico, just as it was with Sala. But, uh, you know, we're hopeful that we can even improve it. John, you talked about potentially maybe being in the market for a better quarterback. The two that get linked to you guys all the time, one is Jimmy, the was Tom Brady. Can you speak to both them and whether they can be matched? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, with Jimmy, um, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy has been tremendous for us. Um, you know, in our in our in our first year, you know, at the end of the year, we do a trade and Jimmy comes in, lights it up. And and, uh, you know, a lot of people want to talk about what we didn't accomplish with him. What I know is we won a lot of football games with Jimmy. I admire we admire um, his toughness. We in, admire the teammate that he was. So. I, I know everyone wants to talk about some discourse and all that, but I think uh, I do believe that it's probably run its course. Um, but I think we leave with nothing but fond memories for Jimmy, and Jimmy's going to go play good football for someone. As for the other guy, I, I sent him a text when he retired. Uh, he was a teammate for about three weeks at one point, so I sent him a text just congratulations on one of the greatest careers that I've ever seen in any sport. And, uh, you know, I wished him the best, so we'll leave it at that. As you go through the draft process, what's the benefit to an organization to you when you're going through and evaluating a lot of players? If you as a team would send a scout or members of your front office to multiple games of one scrimmage, if you send a scout to, say, four games of one scrimmage, oh. how much more can you mine from that? It's huge. You know, I, I think about uh, Purdy, for example. You know, we were in there numerous times. He played a lot of football there. And... Uh, yeah, believe me, you you trust on uh, in those scouts and the information they bring back. We we get to sit with them and we get to watch tape, but we get to sit in with them for a, you know, a 45 of the guys. We get a 15, 20 minute interview. You glean what you can, but the most productive information you get is when those scouts have been on a player for two, three, four years, and they're talking to people from the head coach to the defense to the academic advisors to people who can do nothing for them about the type of person they are. So that's vital to what we do. The scouts are the are the heroes, really, in my mind, when it comes to the draft process. We've got a great group that I can't take a lot of credit for because they were here before I arrived. And uh, I, I feel blessed all the time when we get in that process. Kyle does, too. We really trust these guys. We've had a lot of continuity. And um, they are the guys that really drive the, drive the bus when it comes to draft.
Uh, you know, Christian came in, and uh, I tell you what, he obviously he had the injury history, and he ran into a rough stretch. All I know is when he came to us, he was healthy. And uh, did we manage some things during the week? I think, of course you do. You know, he had come to a, a schedule that the folks in Carolina had worked with him that worked best for him. And when you've got an elite athlete like that, you tend to listen to them. I always believe the athlete knows their body better than anyone else. So, you, of course, you listen. But... I never felt like we had to manage him. Um, I think we're, we're very fortunate that we have a guy like Elijah Mitchell right behind him. We've got Ty Davis-Price in there, um, J.P. Mason right behind him. So we're well-stocked at the running back position, but I can't say enough about what Christian did for, for our team, not just our offense, but for our team. He's, he's one, of the, one of the really great players in this league, and we're very fortunate to have him. John D'Amico and Nick Murphy. Yeah, you know, Kyle uh, has a philosophy, I think, molded by his dad and a lot of the great coaches in this league where it's, it's good to throw people into a variety of roles. So Bobby Slowick, when he first came, was working with Robert Sala on the defensive side of the ball and I think picked up a lot of his, his core beliefs and understanding of how you attack defenses by studying defenses and helping Sala. And so, um, but Bobby was always one of, um, was one of Kyle's trusted voices. Uh, Bobby's extremely poised, extremely smart, and I think ready for the next step. And uh, so, um, you know, we lost to Slowick and we brought in another Kubiak. And so um, that's always a good thing. I think so highly of their family. And, um, but Bobby, Bobby will do really, really well. And he's ready for that opportunity uh, for the Texans. Dave, go ahead. Just Trey out right now. I know he started throwing this weekend. Yeah. When do you hope that he's fully, fully Dave, he's doing really well. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like I tell you this, guys, all the, all the time, but when I'm on my office, I got a nice view. I'm on the second floor. I got a nice view of the field. So I just kind of I get reports, obviously, but I, my eyes tell me a lot. And I'm watching Trey out there uh, taking drops each day. I don't see a limp. Uh, it's not to say he's a hundred percent, but he's, he's really recovering well and doing a really nice job. And so, um, he did start the throwing here recently. Um, and Trey's, Trey's rehabbing extremely well. He did have that secondary procedure. It wasn't really a setback. One of the plates was kind of given some interference with some of the tendons, uh, stuff above my head, but they took care of it and he seems to be doing really well. And, uh, we're happy for him. Who are you speaking of? Of Trey? Well, I think when when we made the move to go up and get a guy like Trey, you don't do it just for one one thing. You do it for a variety of things. Uh, Trey brings a lot to the table. I, th I think first of all, you talk with his makeup, of his character, who he is as a person. We really believed in that, and we're probably even stronger on that. Um, you know. He, he does bring kind of that dual capacity where we felt like he could be a pocket passer but also add another dimension uh, as a runner. I think his biggest thing, we just got to find a way. And I've had a lot of conversations with Trey. Early in my career, struggled to stay healthy. And I hit an eight-year stretch where I didn't miss a snap. So sometimes you just got to go through that, you know, the rough patches. And uh, 
you know, he, he's, he's got to play. And that's, that's, the, that's the, you know, the, the biggest challenge. We got a team that's ready to go now. He's got he's to get out there and play. Brock got that opportunity this year. He grabbed it. He did great things. You know, we'll see at some point, you know, how we get Trey that opportunity because we very much believe in who he is as a person uh, and who he is as a quarterback. Two more. Yeah, well, I think adversity can either break you or it can make you stronger. Uh, what I know about Trey Lance is he's the guy who's going to take that and find a way to learn from it, and that's what he's tried to do. Uh, he, I think the coolest thing for me was to watch him help Brock after he was hurt. You know, not an easy thing to do, but that's. I can't say enough about the job Brian Greasy did. He was a huge part of our success. But the first person that Trey or, or that Brock would come off to and talk to was Trey. And I, I watched that and I thought that was so cool. And it speaks to who he is and his character. And that's um, why we believed in him so much when we drafted him. Yeah, Mike did a tremendous job. Um, you know, Mike. Uh, Always known that about Mike, you know, so vital to our success. Uh, he's a really sharp dude, not just because he went to Yale, just because he's a really sharp dude who's got all kinds of ideas and can kind of take the uh, the crazy outlandish and then make it fit into our core and our foundation. Matt, he's got a real skill, and he can adjust to his per personnel as he did down there in Miami. Mike will do great things. Um, he's a really good friend uh, who I really appreciate for what he gave to us. and. Um, you know, it's great to see him and get to spend some time with him here. Um, you know, pulling for him and the Dolphins moving forward. Last question. Last question. Go ahead. Player closes off the season and playoffs down, like the other little early for you guys. How does that change just your outlook on a player, your outlook on a position, whether or not to address Yeah. One of my favorite things, uh, you know, when I was a player, um, now as a general manager, is to watch players have breakthroughs. I think this was a breakthrough year for D'Amador. Um, you know, we believed in him as a player coming in. It's a hard position to play. It's a hard position to get thrown into a fire. Um, you know, the, the coolest thing about him, he, he kind of broke through that. And it wasn't easy. You know, there, there's another corner on the other side in Mooney Ward um, that uh, people really respect. So they were going to go at the other guy. Uh, he withstood some adversity where people were coming after him. And the only way to put out that fire is to start making plays. And by the end, I wasn't so sure in some cases that they were throwing it at, at Mooney, you know. So I think that speaks a lot about the, the fortitude, uh, both mentally and physically, of uh, D'Amador. Uh, the coolest thing is he's, he's got some flex where he can play outside and inside, so he gives us a lot of versatility there. We're really proud of the young man. He's going to be a big part of us moving forward. Great, thanks, John. All thanks, right. everybody. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Thank you. It.